You're listening to the latest preaching from Brixham Community Church. My subject this morning is with one accord, which is a phrase frequently used by Luke in the book of Acts. And uh, I think I felt the Lord drawing me towards it as a result of the emphasis we've had recently on prayer and on unity. And indeed, the subject of unity has been raised again this morning. So um, let me just give you a few examples of Luke's use of this phrase. Acts 1.14, these all continued with one accord in prayer. Acts 2.1, they were all with one accord in one place. Acts 2.45, continuing daily with one accord in the temple. Acts 4.24, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. Now in English, that's three words, with one accord. And in Greek, it's just one word, homothumadon. Uh, <laughs> bit of a mouthful, isn't it? Um, the, uh, the homo bit is to do, means the same, basically, and the thum bit is to do with mind. Okay? So, annoyingly, NIV, which I normally approve of, translates this as together. Whenever you get this with one accord, or this homothumadon word, it translates it as together. But it honestly doesn't do justice to the Greek. And it literally means with the same mind or with one purpose. So the King James Version, with one accord, is better on this anyway than the NIV. So all my quotes this morning are from the King James Version, would you believe it? Um, all right, so you get the odd old-fashioned word creeping in in some of the quotes we're going to look at. So why is it actually important, this difference in translation, together or with one accord? Well, because it seriously affects what we can learn from all these passages. The word together simply relates to place. We're together this morning in Brixham College. It's just to do with place might have a wider meaning, but usually that's, you just take it to mean we're together, we're, we're in the same place. Whereas the phrase with one accord is related to purpose. And so homothumadon doesn't just mean together. In fact, would Luke have needed to say they were all with one accord in one place if all it meant was together? They were all together in one place. Well, to be in one place is to be together, if you see what I mean. So I just prefer the emphasis of with one accord. So we're going to look at some of the passages where it's used and see what we can learn about the ways in which the early Christians were with one accord, the reasons why the early Christians were with one accord, and what happened as a result. And of course, we'll see what lessons we can learn for us here as a church from that. So firstly then, the ways in which the early Christians were with one accord. And I'm going to give you three Ps, prayer, place, and purpose. All right, so the first one is, they were with one accord in prayer. Now, what does that mean? I think it means, quite simply, they were agreed on what they wanted God to do. Their purpose was the same. Their heart was the same. Their motivation was the same. 
So they're with one accord in prayer. A couple of verses on that. Acts 1.14, we just mentioned briefly already. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. And then again in Acts 4.24, and when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God, which of course means praying. They lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord Thou art God which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. All right, just a little comment on two aspects in those verses then. Firstly, these all continued with one accord in Acts 1.14. To continue. Um, I checked out the Greek word on this as well. It's proskarterio. I'm sure that means a great deal to most of you. All right. But the important thing is its meaning. And King James translates it in a variety of ways because it's used in quite a few places. Continue. Continue steadfastly. Attend continually. Give oneself continually. Wait on. Wait on continually. Now, if you apply that range of meanings to this particular word, and I'm well aware you can't always do that in any one context, but I think actually in this context you probably can, they continued with one accord in prayer. Right. Let's ask ourselves if we are continuing, continuing steadfastly, attending continually, giving ourselves continually, waiting on continually. Wow, it's a challenge, isn't it? It certainly is. They stuck at it. I'm glad you talked about glue this morning, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> because when you've glue, you get stuck. <laughs> I once remember I, I preached at a youth camp reunion. This was when I was young enough to run youth camps. <laughs> and we had a reunion for the young people. And there's a verse in the Psalms which says, I have stuck. <laughs> and I remember preaching on that and saying, notice it doesn't say I am stuck, like when you're in school and you, you don't know how to get this thing solved. Say, Please, miss, I'm stuck. Uh, no, I am stuck, but I have stuck. Is it very easy as young people to make a decision in a youth camp? Yes, I'm going to follow Jesus. But, you know, six months later, have you stuck to your decision? Are you sticking to it? That's a challenge to us this morning. Are we sticking? They stuck to it. They stuck at it. They didn't give up. Whatever the adversity was, whatever the difficulties were, they stuck at it. And Brixton Community Church, I say to you this morning, stick at it. Yes. So, the other little thing is in uh, Acts 4.24. They lifted up their voice to God with one accord. And actually, I preached a whole message on this on a Wednesday Night Live uh, just a few weeks ago. And we looked at that particular passage. And we talked about uh, four U's, actually, uh, in that prayer. Um, urgency, unity, understanding, unction, and utterance. And we won't go over all those again now, uh, because that was a message in itself. But um, urgency. They lifted up their voice to God. Why? Because they'd been threatened with persecution. I mean, Peter and John had been told not to preach or teach anymore in the name of Jesus. And uh, 
So they lift up their voice to God. There's urgency in there. How much do we care about the situation? How much do we care about the growth of the church? How much do we care about people being saved? How much do we care about people being healed? Wow, all these things are vitally important if the kingdom of God is to advance. No good lamenting the state of the nation. The thing to do is to care enough to lift up your voice, to stick at it in prayer. They were with one accord in prayer. Can we be with one accord in prayer as a church? That brings me on to the second point. They were with one accord in one place. And I just noticed as I was looking at the references to this use of this Greek word, homothumadon, with one accord, um, and very often it's linked to a place. Um, just give you the verses quickly. Uh, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Uh, Acts 2.45, continuing daily with one accord in the temple. It's a place. Acts 4, 23 and 24. And being let go, they went to their own company, the place where their group met, and reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them. And that's when they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. And then Acts 5, 12. By the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. So they met in places well obviously if you're going to meet you've got to have a place how we would love to have our own place and not have to worship here in this frequently cold building but at least we've got a place yes well we're here but i just want to talk to you about the importance of place you see you could be uh, praying and you've been encouraged to pray 21 days particularly at the moment um and we're doing that individually in our homes and in various ways. But I want to talk to you just for a moment about the importance of corporate prayer. Because actually to be really one accord, with one accord with people, you've actually, you need to be physically together pretty often. I mean, I know they say that absence makes the heart go fonder. Yes. But it doesn't always work like that, does it? And if you're apart too much, you do lose touch with one another. I'm talking about romantic relationships, among other things. But it's, it's true in general. There's a need for literal togetherness. So actually, thank you, NIV, for using the word together. It doesn't quite tell the whole story, but it is part of the story. Together. We need to be together in one place Acts 2.45, oh, continuing, note the word continuing again, daily in the temple, or the temple courts, as NIV puts it. They're with one accord daily. They're together daily. Um, I, I don't want to say anything critical this morning, but I, I don't mind saying something challenging. You know, we don't meet very often. We have a Sunday morning meeting, we have a Wednesday night live once a fortnight, and we have home groups once a fortnight. Um, and yeah, the prayer meeting, William and Christine. We had, uh, how many people did we have there on 
Wednesday, what was her number at the church meeting? About 30. But what was it? Somebody say? 37. And we normally get about 12. Now, I know it was special and good. I commend you for coming. But, hey, come on. Can't we be together, more of us together, a bit more often? Is it really too much to ask? And you're going to tell me we're living in different days from when I was young. Yes, indeed, we are. But, oh boy. When I was a teenager, I was at Boys Brigade Bible class at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. I was in morning church at 11 o'clock Sunday morning. I was in teenage Bible class in the afternoon, followed by a a discussion group on Friday afternoon, followed by tea at the church, because we love being there so much, followed by the gospel service at 6.30, followed by a young people's sing-song after the service. And then I was at Boys Brigade one evening in the week. I was at the church Bible study and prayer meeting one evening in the week. I was at Young People's Fellowship one evening in the week. And I was running the church youth club on a Saturday night. And through all of that, I was doing my A-levels. And my history master said to me, quite honestly, Pets, you're going to fail your A-levels. You're not doing enough work. And I said, well... Sir, with great respect, I I believe God has called me to the ministry and I just, I feel God will honour me. I need to be at the meetings. And if he wants me to pass my A-levels, I will. I say this to the glory of God, I've never failed a single exam in the whole of my life. Not even a driving test. Oh, yes, things are different now. Okay, okay. I'm simply wanting to say to you, you know, God does honor us if we put him first. And so when I went back to school to do S level, which was something beyond A level in those days, my history master passed me in the quad and he said, what do you mean by getting 60? The pass mark was 40. God had helped me. I hadn't planned to say all that, but I, I just want to say, let's be together more. I know we have other responsibilities. We have needs. But can't we be together more often? And just throw in this phrase in Acts 4, 23 and 24, their own company I like what Carol said last week. Actually, I liked everything Carol said last week. Wasn't she good? Great. And hey, that prophetic interpretation of tongues uh, from Jasmine as well. Hey, that was very specific and very encouraging. But back to Carol. One, the thing, the thing. I, well, I liked it all, but she said something like this. She's being very, very honest with us. She, um, these are my words, not hers. Um, she had her misgivings last year about church and things. But then she said, she said to herself, "This is the church I was saved. This is the church I was baptized. This is, etc. This is where I belong." I think, as a Christian, you should know where you belong. 
not be partly in this church and partly in that. Thank God for all the churches in Brixham. God bless them all. We want to be united with them. We want to work together with them. But you should know where you belong. And if you belong here, be here. And if you don't belong here, go where you do belong. I don't mean that nastily. I just mean it as a principle. Know where you belong and be loyal to where you belong. So important. Be together with your own company. I want to say to you, meetings do matter. And if you've got any doubt about it, remember what the writer to the Hebrews says in Hebrews 10 and verse 25. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. And all the more as you see the day approaching. In the light of the Lord's near return, make sure you are together with God's people as often as you possibly can be. So, together in prayer, together in place, and together in purpose. As I've said, this word homothumadon means with one purpose, with the same mind. They weren't just together in place, they were together with one purpose. And I want you to notice again the emphasis on continuing. Acts 2, 42 to 47. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Greek word is koinonia there. I love that. It means having things common together, sharing, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. They sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Hadn't noticed that daily there. Well, not connecting it with the earlier daily until this moment. They continued daily together with one accord, and the Lord was adding to the church daily. Is there a connection? Interesting thought. So they continued in doctrine, the apostles' doctrine, the teaching of the apostles, the leaders of the church. They continued learning, and not just learning it, but putting it into practice. To continue in someone's teaching means to do what that teaching implies. Jesus says, if you continue in my teaching, then you are truly my disciples. Not just listening to it, but doing it. Fellowship, koinonia, sharing. Huh. And then, by contrast, what about Ananias and Sapphira? Remember them? They lied to the Holy Spirit. But the point is this. They, people were selling what they had and, and giving it all and put it, laying it at the apostles' feet, which, which actually means 
putting at the disposal of the apostles. That's the meaning of the terminology in that culture. It was at their feet. It was at the apostles' disposal. They placed what they had there. And Ananias and Sapphira pretended to have done the same, but they, they were not wholehearted about it. They only gave part. And they told a lie about it when Peter said, is that everything? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Serious thing, that, isn't it? In fact, this isn't in my notes, but it's in my head. Do you know that the church is the temple of God, the dwelling place of God through the Spirit? We're told that in Ephesians 2. In 1 Corinthians 3, we're told that the local church is God's temple. You, plural, are the temple, singular. When we are gathered together, we're a place where God lives by his Spirit. And then Paul adds, because there was division in the church of Corinth. Some are saying, I'm a Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm a Peter. And others very spiritual saying, I'm of Christ. But they were all divided. And Paul said, whoever destroys the temple of God, the church, him will God destroy it's a serious thing to cause division in the church. We all need to heed that. Always, all of us. That doesn't mean we're causing it now. I'm not saying you are. I'm simply saying it's, it's something to take seriously as part of our Christian walk. Remember Ananias and Sapphira. Now they continued in, not only in fellowship but in breaking bread and in prayer. But I must hurry on because there's a fair bit more to say and the time is flying by. So, next heading, the reasons why the early Christians were with one accord. And I've got four or five reasons for this. Firstly, Jesus' command. Acts 1, verses 4 and 5. Being assembled together with them... Jesus commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, said he, you've heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. Jesus had commanded them to wait in Jerusalem for the coming of the Holy Spirit. So why in Acts 2 one were they all with one accord in one place because Jesus had commanded them to be there, to be together and to wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And then connected with that is Jesus' promise in the same chapter. Acts 1, 8, Jesus said, last thing he said before he ascended into heaven, but you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be witnesses for me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus had promised something. Why were they all together with one accord in one place? Because Jesus had told them to do so. He told them to wait for it. 
Wait till it happens. And so they are eagerly together waiting for the promise of God to be fulfilled. Ah. And closely connected with that is the anticipation of miracles as a reason for gathering together. Acts 5.12 By the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Why were they with one accord? They were all there with one accord. Why? To see miracles happening. The expectation of miracles. Similar thing in Acts 8.6 The people with one accord gave heed to those things which Philip which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. They're there with one accord, with one intention, to listen to what this man has to say, because the power of God is moving in this place. Oh, let's be together with one accord, because Jesus commands it. He's promised to send his spirit. Miracles are something we should be expecting all the time. And then... On a slightly more negative note, in a sense, they were together with one accord because of the threat of persecution. Acts 4, 23 and 24. We've seen it already. I think it's just verse 24 here. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. Why was this urgency? Because the Jewish Sanhedrin had told the apostles that they mustn't teach or preach any more in the name of Jesus. They'd already been in prison for it. There was the threat of persecution, so they lift up their voice to God with one accord. Whatever your circumstances, however desperate it may be, surely that's a reason for lifting up our voice to God. Surely that's a reason for being together. Surely the fact that people are sick and need healing should be a reason why we are gathered together with one accord. Surely the fact that people need to be saved should be a reason for being together and being of one accord. And that brings me right into the final point in this section, a passion for evangelism. Still in Acts 4, verses 29 to 31. Now, Lord, behold their threatenings of persecution, and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus, or servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. Notice what this church prayed. They did not pray, oh Lord, they're going to persecute us, they're going to imprison us, Please save us. They prayed, Lord, give us boldness despite the persecution to spread the good news because people need to be saved. Give us boldness. And that's the kind of prayer that God answers. And he did in a very, very dramatic way. I'm reminded of Paul in 2 Timothy 4, the very last words he wrote And he talks in one of the verses there about the fact that um, he'd been on trial before the emperor, before Caesar. And uh, he says, the Lord gave me an opportunity to spread the news. And he adds as a 
afterthought almost in that verse. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. Oh, wow. The Lord delivered me from the lion's mouth. He'd been under threat of being thrown to the lions, as it were. Wow. But to him, the most important thing was that he'd had an opportunity to tell people about Jesus. So what happened as a result? We're near the end. Well, wonderful things. Just read the book of Acts. Miracles. Conversions. Lots of them. 120 in Acts 1. 3,000 added in Acts 2. 5,000 in the church by Acts 4. In Acts 6, numbers multiplying. Even a great company of the priests becoming obedient to the faith. Wow. Miracles, conversions, and needs being met through that fellowship, through that being together, through that sharing, because they were all with one accord. Nobody was in need among them because they loved one another so much. No one said, well, that's mine. You can't have it. The sharing together and just note in passing with regard to what happened next that things can happen suddenly Jonathan mentioned last week or, or maybe it was in the meeting on Wednesday night something we heard last Saturday at the Assemblies of God area meeting and it was the fact that Chinese bamboo, the seed, can be in the ground for five years while it's germinating. And then suddenly, within six weeks, it can be, I've forgotten how many feet tall, 20 or 30 feet, I think they said. Wow! That's sudden. And the through what was said last week, particularly through the gifts of the Spirit, I think we need to get ready for a burst of growth. But it won't happen, or it won't last, if we're not united, if we're not with one accord. So I just want to finish with Romans 15, verses 5 to 7. So we've jumped out of Luke's writings in Acts, and we're moving into Paul's writing. And this is the one occasion where Paul uses Humathumadon in all his letters. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind... Humathumadon, and one voice you may glorify God and Father, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. Accept one another 
them. You remember that passage in one of the other letters? Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus. You know, be the same as Jesus. And here he's saying, have the same attitude of mind towards each other that Jesus Christ had. Be like Jesus. You see, what's this all about? Why should we love each other? Why should we be with one accord? We should love each other because Jesus loved us. Accept one another. And this is the thought. The context in Romans, in those two chapters, chapter 14, chapter 15, is to do with people being in disagreement over meat, what food they should eat, and special days like the Sabbath and, and special religious days. And Paul says, look, you've got differences of opinion on this. It really doesn't matter. Just respect one another's opinions and agree to differ. And love one another anyway. Now, those issues aren't so relevant to us today. But there are all kinds of areas where it's very possible for us to be in disagreement Accept one another, Paul says. Accept the people who don't want to eat certain kinds of food. And you people who don't want to eat those kinds of food, accept the people who do want to eat that kind of food. Because the important thing is not meat and drink, but peace and righteousness and joy in the Holy Spirit. Let's concentrate on the things that matter. Ignore the things over things that might be big to you aren't big to other people. Be grown up enough to understand that and accept one another. Why? Hey, because Jesus has accepted you. That's the bottom line. Ephesians 4 32 Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as God. For Christ's sake has forgiven you. God help us to be of one accord. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit Brixham.church.